Today's guest is Mark Lewis from Communique LLC. As a recent bestseller author of Give a Damn, his dream is to help businesses and individuals become more aware of the words and actions that lead to their success or lack thereof. He is currently a business coach and entrepreneur that helps individuals and companies understand how a change in culture and attitude can lead to happiness, success, and longer life. Please give a warm welcome to Ever Blessed, Mark Lewis. Well, right. thank you. Well, welcome, welcome, Mark. Well, thanks. How are you? Good. You, um, you got my book. I saw that you put a little picture. I saw that you did that. Yeah, so I do. That's I awesome. Let's see if we can <laughs> see it right there. It's, yeah, it's uh, kind of hard. Put it up. There we go. Yeah, put it on up, up against your body, and I can see it. Then. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, that's. I can see that. Cool. You had a chance to. Well, if you get a chance, if you ever want to go on Amazon and do a review, I'd love that. So. Oh yeah, sure. I mean, I was I was uh, poking around it uh, off and on, and I had some stuff that I want I highlighted in here. Oh, too, cool. So. Okay, good. Well, appreciate it. It's <laughs> on the subject of your book. Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> I. And that was one of the things I wanted to jump into because when I was reading into your um, book, as well as going through your previous speaking engagements on the podcast that you had with Newell, I think he, that was yeah, the Newell Norman. Name. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, one of the things that I've always had an issue with uh, is, you know, coming from a different perspective as a person of color, when I was uh, in Wisconsin, it was just like reverse thinking in the workplace like I have dual bachelor's degree in accounting and business administration. I had an associate's in, in uh, medical laboratory technology, um, 15 years of experience in accounting. And I literally had to demote myself on my resume to only show one of my my degrees because I was considered overqualified. Oh. In the same job that I would have applied six months prior to me graduating from college, I was considered underqualified before graduation, but six months after, I was overqualified. And that was one of the things I had, like this constant ceiling, glass ceiling scenario that had this was consistent in it. And I was unemployed for almost three years with a bachelor's degree. Wow. It's insane. Like the types of, like I said, a toxic, I think it was called toxic toxic environment in the in the culture in the business place and that was one of the things that I completely wanted to escape from once I came to Texas I was thinking I'll give it another try I'll go and get, continue on with my accounting background come to find out you know they give you all the good money but I was driving three hours a day to get to work that's awful <laughs> and yeah. So, I mean, I live 50 miles from Dallas, which is like the main big yeah, city of sure, Texas. Sure. And it was an hour and a half there, an hour and a half back, you know, and uh, it was just too stressful for me. And I said, you know what? Enough is enough. And I think about two years ago, I decided to just say, you know what? I'm going to retire early and just start taking on doing remote jobs. And ironically, the pandemic hit in 2020, but in 2019, I said, you know what, that's it. And so I, I kind of felt like I was before the curve of something great was going to happen for me. And, and ironically also, um, I decided to take up doing voiceover acting. So that was one of the things I did started doing as remotely. And, uh, and then I was also, you know, some other jobs. So now I'm actually a comptroller for 
<laughs> I didn't, it just kind of fell in my lap. I was a, I'm a comptroller for a startup company, a digital analytics, uh, artificial intelligence company here in, established in Ohio. And he originally hired me as a voiceover artist for his commercials, for his business. And he said, you know what? I looked at your background on LinkedIn and you have this, 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 this. Wow, we're looking for someone like you. I came out of retirement. That's awesome. <laughs> They're really awesome. It's funny because I am I got involved with an artificial intelligence as a, as a startup. Uh, a guy came to me about a year and a half ago because my technology background he has this great idea. And the idea is is really creating lasting memories. You know, when you go to a uh, you go to a, a wedding or you go to a birthday party, everybody's taking these videos, and the videos stay with their phone. So this guy came. He says his dad was in uh, the video back in Motown days, mm-hmm. and he said we're going to create a platform where you can upload the videos and the videos are coming from all different angles. And then what we're going to do is we're going to create a single video by cutting and splicing those from the, and getting the best of the multiple videos to create a single video by cutting and splicing and then use artificial intelligence and that kind of thing. So I came out of, I would say another, you know, I've, I've been involved in a bunch of startups, but I came out thinking I was going to, yeah, I'm 64 years old, so I'm going to retire, right, in three or four years. But this guy came up and said, I said, I love this idea. So he made me a co-founder and we raised almost, uh, well, a third of a million dollars and we're implementing this program and we have our what we call our minimal viable product coming out um, and we're testing it next week with a bunch of users. And then we'll come out with this product, hopefully by the end of the year. So nice. you know, here I am, 64 years old and I'm involved with another startup, <laughs> but I like this kind of stuff. You know, it's cool. I'd like to help people. And when you think about creating a lasting memory for people for multiple videos and that's coming from all different people, and now you can create your own video video automatically by and, it, and the system does it for you automatically so well my eyes are closed here then you can replace it with another video so we're in the very early stages of implementing the program but it's kind of cool right it's yeah it's trying to edit videos and you're probably familiar with this it's very mm-hmm. difficult and painful mm-hmm. yeah yeah i'm doing that throughout my whole time exactly. of being a podcaster <laughs> right like all the things that I've never understood and never learned, I'm learning as I go along. And you probably see, like, if you ever going through my my YouTube sneak peek videos of my guests, it seems to be getting in some improvement gradually. But yeah. it was like a literally like a, a like <laughs> self learned self learned scenario. Right. Exactly. Well, I mean, you always when you first do something, it's always not the best, but that's part of life you gain a lot more experience you get better at it the more you learn and that's what i've learned at my age you learn a lot from doing and then you learn a lot from other people so that's one of the things that i've been blessed with that especially for my dad he's been my i guess my mentor pretty much all my life and uh, you learn and you take the best of what other people are doing and you implement it and the people think you're like great you know it's not mm-hmm. it's nothing to do with me it's what i've learned from other people that helps increase my level of success mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely so- 
Um, I will probably get into in depth on your book and some of the questions Fine. coming from a person of color perspective. Yeah. Do you feel comfortable with that? I feel comfortable. Like, look, everybody, it, it's not about color. It's not about anything. It's really about attitude, how you work together, how you collaborate. When people are, it doesn't matter any of that stuff. You know, that just drives me crazy sometimes mm-hmm. when I think about that. But, you know, I'm fine with anything. Yeah. Okay. All right. I just wanted to make sure because, sure. I mean, there's some brawl questions that I have and I don't want you to take it. I won't be offended by anything. Out of it. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's it was- funny because, you know, what, what you asked me, there was a question on here that you asked me, which historical figure would you like to be? You know, my answer was Nelson Mandela. Oh, Yeah. And only because he was such a consummate individual, he fought for what he believed and he did all the right things. I mean, that, I mean, of course, I, I, I talk about him in my book a little bit. Um, and, and that guy went through so much and um, helped so many people. And, you know, that's kind of what I want to be like him in life and helping people get better, do better, everything we can to improve people's lives. And that's the basis behind my book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, so why I wanted to make sure that the listeners are are understanding exactly what book I'm talking about or we're discussing about is your, your fairly new one, or it's been, it's been out and about for a while. And actually is like the top, one of the top in Amazon. So top sellers and called give a damn. I love this. I love this. So what was the reason behind it? What inspired you to create this book? I've read a couple of of your pages um, and I'm enjoying it as, as time goes by. But um, for the listeners who are not familiar or aware of this book, can you kind of give them a cliff note exactly as a reason why you started this book and what created this? Jasmine, if you told me 10 years ago I was going to write a book, I would have said, you're absolutely crazy. I'm not a writer. I didn't really like English in school. And I just was a business. I'm a business guy. You know, I want to help people grow their business. But what I saw in society started irritating me, and I saw these things people were doing that I said, why are you doing that? You know, why don't you do this? How come you're doing that? And so I, t- I got a little dictaphone recorder, and every time I saw something, I'd speak into it. I'd get up in the middle of the night. I'd say, this idea came to me. I'd speak into it, and then I'd transcribe it onto, no- onto paper. And so I started getting all this data and I said, well, you know, I'm going to write a book. I've got all I know what I need to do. I got it all outlined and I'll write a book. So I wrote the first version of that book probably in 2016. It took me five years to to do it because oh I I'd go away and go to a library and start and write a chapter and spend a whole day there. And then I got so busy in work that it took me three or four months. I kept doing that over and over and over again. And I finally said, I'm going to get this done. And here's where my luck came in. I hire interns on a yearly basis to come in and help them with business. And this one lady came in and I didn't really want to hire her because she looked like like she didn't look very well. And, and, and I, she was very um, non-social, very quiet, but I felt sorry for her. So I said, yeah, come on, work for me. And so she was very quiet, did really good work. And then all of a sudden I mentioned, yeah, I got this book I'm writing. And then she lit up like a Christmas tree. I go, what? She goes, I love editing books and screenplays. I said, I've got a project for you. (laughs) And therefore six months later, I had my book. So I thought it was pretty good, but then I realized there was something missing. And so I eventually rewrote the book through an editor and a journalist who came in and really did a lot of research. But 
I wrote the book because I didn't like the way our culture was going and how people were so self-centered and selfish. And I said, this has got to change. What's causing all this? And then I have got nine factors in the book that actually talk about what the factors are that's led us down this path, which I think we need to change. And that's the reason for the book writing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I was looking into your book and I mean, it's perfectly laid out and it just feels like that that manual that a lot of people should have had before they got into all all those situations in regards to the workplace or um, in the school system, like the education that we have, you know, starting the giving a damn, uh, it starts at home, you know, some of the things that you've identified in your chapters specifically in our community and the government, you know, and some of the responsibilities that we need to change within ourselves. I love how you lay this out in the subsections underneath each. And um, one of the things that I I wanted to get more into it, but later uh, after I give you these other additional questions that I wanted to get to know you more and let the listeners know a little bit more, who is Mark Lewis, you know? So... (laughs) You want me to answer that question? Yeah, inquiry minds need to know. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I've been blessed. Um, I was brought up in a fairly good background. My dad uh, pushed me hard. I played sports in high school. I'm originally from Rochester. I went to Boston College. Uh, I would have never got into Boston College, but someone actually helped me get in, and I did really well there. And then I came down to New Orleans, got my MBA at Tulane, and then I was benef- uh, really benefited by working for IBM for 13 years. IBM taught me about quality, uh, taught me about standards, how to do all the right things. You know, there's a situation uh, that uh, that really I think is a paramount to me and, 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 and who I am as a person. This one guy wanted to order an IBM computer and I wanted to sell it to him. I was in new accounts and IBM had some problems with this new equipment called an AS400. It just didn't have enough memory in it. And so the guy wanted to order the equipment. I said, look, um, Mike, I said, I think you need to wait to wait till this machine gets a bit more processing. If I get this to you now, you're going to be, um, I don't think you're going to be happy. So mm-hmm. he was shocked because I had a quote of meat and I said, look, I, I know it's best for you, but let's wait. And so we waited. Then IBM came out and I said, now, Mike, I think it's going to be good for you. And so he ordered the machine. It was, I, I didn't, uh, uh, you know, I had a quota to meet and, and it would have been a great thing for me because it was bonuses. But I knew in the back of my mind that the right thing was not for him to order the equipment until we had something fixed. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing about people today is you know what the right thing is, but most people do the wrong thing because they can justify it in their mind as being right. And that's where it gets wrong. Now, think about that. Don't just because you have something, you know, you justify in your mind for doing the wrong thing. It's just not the right thing to do. So that's me as a person. I want to help people succeed. Um, I want to help them do all the right things because when you do the right things over time, you actually lead a you have a happier life. And karma comes around. I, I fully believe in karma, doing the right things and suffering the consequences if you did something wrong is another important aspect of life in general. So me as a person, I wrote the book because I want to change people's lives for the better. And that book's going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you brought out that uh, the, that karma comes around. And one of the things that I've, I have struggled personally, and um, I've heard also other 
persons in my community have struggled with doing the right thing, you know, not doing drugs, not smoking, no alcohol, no anything that would consider to be pointed towards them as a, a criminal or a thug or whichever the case may be, where they want to identify uh, a person because of their race or color or the community sure. that they are. So I've done all that. And I've had instances where, you know, people are picked out of a crowd because of what they look like. And so this, the, the thought of, you know, karma coming around, we do the best that we can to have that not happen no matter even if there is some type of karma toward you know something towards us to some animosity towards a person of color uh, that karma doesn't come back unfortunately it seems like it takes sides in a sense so how do you address that when even though we want to do good we want other people to you know see people like you said you know Color should not be an issue. We should not right. be having to have this conversation in the first place. I completely agree because that is something I have constantly, like, till I'm blue in the face, explained to people that should not matter on the stature or my the character of the you know of who I am, my education, my background. You know how I'm a hard worker, how I'm dedicated in making you know my life and my future and the people around me that I love to to be better, but. That's everything else is against that whole idea. So how do you have you ever dealt with or con- had collaborated with other people when you created this book or have or in the process of creating this other? Uh, I think you have another book that you said that you're mentioning that you would be. Have you collaborated with any other persons who might have had a perspective or another point of view? You know, I think what happens, Jasmine, is everybody, when they meet some, they form an opinion about them and they form that opinion about how they dress, how they look. Um, how they walk, how they speak, how uh, their nonverbal communication is. So we form opinion about that. And, and those opinions can be right and they can be wrong. The problem, I think, with today is that we need to give everybody what I call a purpose in life. And that purpose is designed to bring out the best of what that person can do and the quality that they bring to the table. So I have a perfect example of about, about a guy. He actually wrote the opening forward to my book. His name is Steve Gleason. He was a famous New Orleans football player. He played for the Saints. He blocked the punt when the Katrina happened. I mean, he brought a lot to the table. He was just a consummate individual. He did great things. And then he got ALS. Mm-hmm. And so... Here's a guy that got ALS and he's deteriorated, obviously, from his head. I mean, his mind is in perfect shape. And what happened was this. He says, look, I've suffered a lot, and um, but I don't use that as something that I should be really upset about. I use it as God gave me a purpose in life. And my purpose in life when I got ALS is to help other people who have ALS through technology. And so he says he's not uh, inhibited by his wheelchair. He's actually liberated by it because now it gives him a sense. And he had the values of bringing of, of, of coming up. So my point on this is we have to find a way. And there are people that have been in, in this environment with drugs and all that. How do we bring those people out to show them that there's a purpose in life? How do we show them that if you give a darn or give a damn about other people, it's going to come back to you. It's going to make you happier because there's statistics in the book. 
when you do these things, when you go volunteer, when you help other people, it brings a sense of satisfaction to you that makes you feel better. And the more you do that, the better your life's going to become. And you hear about all these people have gone through these terrible things, the drug addicts, and they've come out and they've done some horrible things and they found God or they found a purpose in life. When you find that purpose in life, everything changes. And that's what we have to do. Mm -hmm. And we also have to get people to change their attitude that Mm -hmm. this is the right thing to do. And that attitude change is very difficult because when you're brought up in an environment where the attitude is not always conducive to it creates a behavior that sometimes you can't get out of it. We got to change that mindset The give a damn and tell it is the mindset that I think is going to be important to change in society overall. Yeah, completely agree, because, I mean, I was in situations where I did volunteer and I felt so so overly satisfied in helping someone else I mean that this generation that we have today it's the me myself and I don't give a damn but we do need to give a damn sure sure <laughs> and, and it's uh it's just kind of bleeding all over our social media and society and and you know everything in our workplace and it's just like how do we nip that in the bud you know well, how would we take the initiative of, of ceasing that from creating such a such a toxic uh, society and environment? Well, I, you know, Jasmine, I think where it starts is at the home. You know, you bring up a really good point because the question I ask people and a lot of people don't know the answer to this is there's a couple of questions. One is, why are you here? Ninety nine out of 100 people can't answer this question. Why were you born? Why did God create you? Why are you here? And 99 out of 100 people can't answer that question. And so my answer to that question is God created me. Or if you don't believe in God, why are you here? I'm here for the purpose, for one really purpose. One pur- The purpose is I'm here to help serve others. And by serving others, I serve myself. But people get it reversed. They got to. Mm-hmm figure I got to do something, then I'm going to get something in return. You can't have that expectation because it will come back to you. The more you do for other people, it'll come back. And now there's some people that you could just walk all over you and you just have to avoid those people. But where do we start? How do we get people to change their mindset? Because you and I both have have habits uh, that we've developed over the years. How do we change those habits? Well, I was lucky enough to change the habit. I was never that bad, but I was lucky enough to be able to do this to help change people's habits. But the way you start this is you teach it at a very early age. That early age is at kindergarten where you teach them about morals, responsibility, respect. Yes, sir. No, no, sir. Thank you, ma'am. All these things which you're not getting that we used to get more 40 or 50 years ago because we had the parents at home. Now the parents are working. You got these video games that are teaching really bad things. Shoot up. All those bad things. We have to teach kids at a very early age and we got to teach it like we teach every year English and math and social studies. They're not doing it. I my wife's a teacher. She says, yeah, we're doing it. I said, well, it's not getting through. Can we have a course that says this is the way we're going to teach like physical education? This is what we're going to teach this year for kindergarten. First grade, we're going to teach responsibility. You know, do a, a standard course every year that teaches these ethics and responsibility and morals. We don't mm-hmm. I don't see that. It's not in school. I didn't have it when I was growing up. Right. Yeah. And one of the things I they they used to have was economics and financial management in the, in my school. And that's completely eliminated, uh, right. you know, and a lot of people who are coming out of 
uh, high school or going right into college, one of the the worst things they even do is credit cards. And that's, they're, they're never taught how to deal with their finance management. They're not understanding exactly. how to cook for themselves where economics came into play, you know, sewing, you know, doing the proper cooking, taking care of yourself. That's eliminated from the school I know. as education. So, I mean, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. <laughs> We've been so polarized by the governor. It's like ta- heads I win, tails you lose. You know, there's no, there's no middle ground. It's like, I got to beat you in every way, shape, possible. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just a bad mentality. And government breeds that mentality. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And um, I think that one of the things that they're, you know, with the educational system is these, in Texas specifically, they're trying to ban uh, the education of systemic racism in the, in the education system, like identifying the actual history about um, different cultures in, in, in Texas, um, indigenous right. people, the, you know, African-American, the, the the Latina community, they're trying to eliminate that of the history educated in the systems too, which is another breakdown in our system. How are we ever going to respect each other, you know, by, you know, not providing the proper understanding and respect in culture to the educational system for our kids? So, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot that needs to be done. I'm glad that we're able to talk about it, especially you, you talk specifically about that, giving a damn in, in the school system in our community. So one of the things I, I think we, we pretty much hit on that, I, I believe it's probably your pet peeve. So what is your pet peeve? Well, you know, I guess there's, you know, I ask a question, I do an interview t- technique and I ask this question, what are your pet peeves or what words don't you, do you hate to hear? And I go, that's not my job. I, when, when I hear that, I immediately want to fire somebody because they're not there to work as a team uh, and work together. Um, my, I, I get really upset when people are really, um, I have a lot of pet peeves, but I try to step back and just, you know, that's the way some people are and you just kind of move on. But I, my pet peeve is just people not uh, taking responsibility and saying that, hey, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I'll do what I do need to do to fix it. They're always making excuses for what happened. It's just it drives me crazy because just live up to what you did fix it and you're going to be a better person that way. So I don't the justification for anything that ever goes wrong for any reason. Oh, it wasn't my fault. I didn't do this. You know, take responsibility, admit when you're wrong and do it. And then, and then that, that's truly uh, very difficult for people to do. It is, especially for people who are so used to being brought up as to no one says no to my requests as a child. And um, everybody takes the the load of my of Mike's mistakes that I've done. So I can never accept who that I am wrong. I'm never wrong. And that's right. the type of mentality that brings on into adulthood. Um, so I know that you said, um, you know, one of the things that you dislike is when someone does not take on stating that they have made a mistake or a failure. And that was one of the questions I wanted to roll into. Uh, have you ever have, do you have an example of yourself having a moment where there was a mistake or failure that you experienced and that you learned from it well um yeah and uh, yeah i tried to uh, and it kind of has to do with my first marriage you know i got divorced right and um i made some mistakes uh during the marriage that um nothing really bad bad mistakes but 
I didn't take the responsibility of a love and nurturing that I should have because I worked so much and uh, I was driven by uh, succeeding. Um, my wife and I were a little bit different. My ex-wife and I were a little bit different, but I tried everything I could to make it work. And then eventually uh, I couldn't. And uh, so I I decided that it was best for us to to go our separate ways. And I did some stupid things when I did that. I mean, nothing, you know, nothing like adultery or anything like that. Uh, but I learned from that and um, it was painful um, and it was painful living in a relationship that wasn't going to work out. I knew it, but I tried all I could. We were just different people and it was a painful mistake. And I, I realized that, uh, that I needed to move on for both her sake and my sake. So, um, going through a divorce is, is one of the most painful things you can go through. And I should have lived up to some of the expectations that I should have done. I took care of my kids and everything. And, but there were some things that I, you know, I'll be honest with you, I tried to cover up the money that I had and that was wrong. Um, but, when people go through divorce, uh, they do some stupid things. That's when a guy told me, he said, you're right. And I was, well, I did a few things like that that were stupid. Uh, but you know, you learn from that. And, and then any time that something comes, uh, it's really funny because now that I've learned from that, when I think of something that maybe I want to get out of, um, then what I'll do is I'll get this uneasy feeling that if I do something that I think is wrong, it gives me a very uneasy feeling. And I said, no, 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 that's not the way to do it. You know, you got to um, do what's right. And I've done things that way. And you just learn, look, you know, I'm 64 years old. I've learned a heck of a lot in all my lifetime experience, both the business and a personal, personal standpoint. I've learned a heck of a lot from a lot of other people, what to do and what not to do. Now at my age, I wish I had done this and learned this a lot earlier, but now I'm trying to get that message out to everybody else. It's like, if you do the right thing, you have a conscience, you go forward. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, I want people to know that if, you know, when I come to my funeral, when I'm there, it says, you know, he was a good guy. He did the right thing. He helped so many people. That's what my legacy is. And of course, the book is one aspect of getting there. It's been an honor to have you here because, <laughs> you know, that's something that I, I you have come across. Uh, the legacy that you are bringing is so forward and so direct and it's positive. I love the positive enforcement that you're providing for other people to to know that you've gone through that strife and you want everybody else to say, hey, you know what? Enough of this, you know, going back back two steps and, and trying to figure things out. I got something that's even better. I got a book that explains exactly what that I've gone through or you've gone through. So this is awesome to have you here as a guest. And um, so are there any resources that you really helped that really helped you on your journey? Well, you know, there. Yeah, I can't pinpoint one, but there's several resources. I think the resource that I had and my dad and helping me get to where I am today, I think education is paramount for any and everybody to succeed. I, I wish we had a system that allowed everybody to, you know, to get educated as as well as I did and make sure kids stay in school, what the requirements are. Um, those are resources. My my work experience with with IBM, my work experience with failing in some things and also succeeding other things. Um, and I've also learned that the best way to really bring people up is to thank them for what they did for you in a s small way. 
simple way of sending them uh, a handwritten note saying, hey, you really meant a lot to me. Um, I'm here where I am today, just thanking people. The art of, uh, I call the attitude of gratitude is just so important uh, because it makes people feel good. And what I've learned uh, throughout my years is the resource of gratitude uh, and being thankful for everything you have because you're not here today without people supporting you along the way. Uh, and my family has been a big support and resource for me. My kids have been a resource. They've taught me a lot. I, I just, it's all the experiences and the resources along the way that it can't really pinpoint one thing, but all those in conglomerate help to get you where you are today and help to be the person you are today. And I think I'm getting better and better at this. I will tell you, Jasmine, one thing that really has really uh, spurred me on to continue to do this. I gave my book uh, to a friend of mine. He's a millennial. He bought the book, gave it to his mom. They both read it. And then they came together and talked about it, about the book. And it, with the comment, and it's in the one of my uh, testimonials in the back of the book, the comment was, after my mom and I read the book, we sat down together and we talked about it. Now we're as close as we've ever been. And that makes you know, one person at a time, touching one, encouraging them, helping them get to the next level, helping them succeed, help them be happy is what makes it all rewarding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And I was looking at the back there. It says the gentleman here, uh, don't want to butcher the last name. Is it uh, Chris? Chris Kassan. Chris Kassan. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That is amazing. I love And he's been a good friend. He continues to be a good friend. I help him out in a lot, lot of different things. And so he's he's a good friend. Yeah, yeah. And and I completely agree. And some of the things that technology has deluded us is is our courtesy in the way that we respect each other because we're so used to doing the emojis after every sentence. It doesn't have the same <laughs> feeling. I think you even mentioned that, you know. <laughs> In your book, yeah, there, or they're like after every sense statement, every like LOL, JK, you know, right. whatever. So, but the thing is, like, you know, Princess Di, you know, because I, I lived in England, so Princess Di was one of the, the ones I think you were mentioning about the thank you letters and, and yep. each and every note of thank you. It just goes a long way, and it's almost like you feel like you, you give so much satisfaction giving out that to someone else. It's almost like you feel like you're paying it forward, and that that same positive energy is brought to the next person and, and it like it's a it's a pay it forward kind of a mentality i love it and uh, right now like for myself for example we're you know we're about a year old uh startup company right. established in 2020 of july and we are at a crossroad on whether we should give them a 50 dollar amazon or a 100 dollar amazon i'm like you know what it's a hundred dollars. I don't hands down, you know, if we can do right. it, we can do it. It's, it's not oh, you know, based on the revenue. Like I think you even mentioned on there is it's, it's based on the kindness of it's saying that we appreciate the persons that are even they're working without an actual salary because we haven't had the proper funds for our company. A little bit goes a long way. And I am so honored to have you explain <laughs> us all here, Mark. Thank you. Yeah. I, you know, you bring up a, a really good point. Um, I tell, and I, I moderate CEO roundtables, so I'm dealing with people who run companies. And I tell these people, um, look, as a company, if I'm running a company, I, I don't really care about revenue. And they look at me like, what do you mean? You don't care about revenue? I said, no, I don't. 
I said, well, what do you care about? I said, I care about taking care of the customers. And if I take care of the customers first, the revenue is going to come. And they look at me like, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. And I take care of my customers because I show them over and above something that they don't expect that I'm going to provide to them. And guess what? They remember that more than anything else. It's the little things that people remember over time. And those little things make a huge difference in the satisfaction of your clients and your customers and your friends and your family, all that. Mm -hmm. So there's a different perspective and how you look at things um, from a CEO perspective and how it's important. And, and I get people say, look, all you got to do as a company is just give a damn about your customers and also take care of your employees first. Because if you take care of your employees, they're going to take care of your customers. Yes. And that's what's important. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So now that the listeners get a little taste and I know they want to have more of a savory idea of your book, um, <laughs> what will be the website that they will be able to go to and to learn more about you through your website? Yeah, if they want to learn, they can go to uh, my website for my book. It's called giveadambook.com. Um, and they, I have a bio up there. They can order the book on there. Uh, they can also order it from amazon.com. Um, if anybody wants to get an audible version of it, I actually did the audible version myself. So they can oh. go to Amazon and, and do the audible and download that. Um, and they can learn more about uh, what my initiatives are and what I'm trying to do. I'd love for people to go to the giveadambook.com and join what I call my movement. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get everybody to take what I call the Global Accountability Pledge. And that pledge is I'm going to do the right thing. I'll take responsibility. There's like four different, five different criteria that says I'll, be, I'll do this, I'll do that. And sign up. If you sign up, then, you know, right now we've got a couple thousand people who are just kind of starting this to, to all work together to create an initiative that, you know, we can go to Congress or go somewhere and say, hey, we got five million that all pledged to take this. You need to do the same thing. It's funny because I created a congressional accountability pledge. Mm -hmm. I sent it to the 535 people in Congress and the president. This was uh, about a year ago. And you know how many people responded? Zero. Wow. Nobody responded because it says thou do the right thing and you know all these kind of things. Nobody. The only thing they did is they add me to their email, their newsletter. I didn't ask to be added, but they added me to anyway. But anyway, we need to really. It starts at the top, you know, and filters its way down. And so we don't have the. I don't think the quite the leadership over the last several years to really filter down that character and moral attitude. It's much better now than it used to be, but. Um, it's just something I'm trying to get people to change their mindset because if they do it, they have less stress and all the other things that go along with it. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, but we're we're a whole step ahead of where we were. Oh, ago. I know. Oh, I know. So no doubt. Forward. Yes, absolutely. Well, it's been an honor. Thank you so much, Mark. I It's been such a pleasure to read your book. <laughs> so if anybody wants to check it out on his website, it is actually called Give a Damn. Hopefully you can probably actually see it in my shirt there. Yep. I, there you go. Yeah. And uh, I, I love that you actually, you personally autographed it for me. Yeah, I'm happy to anybody. Um, they can go to and send me an email if they want. Um, they can order a book through me directly and then I will sign it and send it to them. But you have to pay for shipping and the book's only $15.99. Shipping's a couple bucks and I'll email them. Just email me at mlewis at 
giveadambook.com. Say, I want to order your book. Um, I'll take care of it. I'll sign it, send it to them. Yeah, and it's worth it. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I also have this other thing. I I forgot to uh, show show this to you, but, you know, this is a, uh, I think you got one of these too, right? Did you get one of these bands? Yeah, I do. It's a band that I wear because we need to be constantly reminded how important it is. So if you get this band and you're not sure what the answer is, just go look at the band and the, you'll find out what the answer is. It'll tell you. Exactly. So these are the, these the, you get a band with this too. It's an extra kind of Benny for when I love send it. the people order books. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thanks Mark. for having me. It's been terrific. I really yeah. appreciate it. I'm glad too. Thank you so much and have a wonderful weekend. I'll stay in touch with you, sir. Yes, please do. I'll look forward to it. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Noise Palooza Zion podcast. If you yourself is a small business owner, entrepreneur, musician, or artist, or liked what you heard, please share and follow. I am on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, or contact me at www dot jasminecastillovoice.com and stay tuned for the next upcoming episode.